The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Now we have a group of guests with us to start though we're going to go to Conor Lally the security and crime editor of the Irish Times because I suppose the most important thing is that people are worried about is what do we know about the condition of the victims of yesterday's dreadful attack in Parnell Square Hi Matt, yeah well obviously as you said earlier um, three very young children were injured that atta- uh, during that attack and a, uh, a school teacher as, as well, now of the children, two of them were girls age five and, and one was a boy age six and the school teacher is in her 30s. Uh, one of the girls age five, she was the most seriously injured. Um, we understand that she was stabbed in the chest. Um, she was revived at the scene and she was taken to Temple Street Hospital where she has undergone surgery there. So she remains obviously in hospital. Uh, she's very seriously ill um, and really there's been no change in her status throughout the day, Matt. So there are still grave concerns for her um, and then the other the boy who was treated he has been discharged from hospital the other young girl who was treated she remains in hospital but she's less seriously injured and then their teacher who intervened to try and save them um, she is uh, seriously injured as well and she's currently still in hospital but I don't think there are concerns for uh, her life Well we just hope that this works out that they recover from their injuries. I think everybody will just want to see uh, recovery in a situation like this and from the physical injuries and also from the trauma from the actual attack. What about the suspect in this case? What do we know of his position? So he was seriously injured. As you say, people intervened on the street, passers-by. Um, they intervened and they overpowered him in a fairly you know, robust way. Um, he appears to have been badly injured uh, during that. Uh, Gardy were also investigating whether he had wounds that were self-inflicted. So he was taken from the scene and he was brought to, to hospital. He remains under armed guard in a hospital. Um, detectives working on the case are waiting to speak to him. Obviously, they'll have to wait until he's uh, well enough to be spoken spoken to. Um, they've identified where he was staying and they've searched that property and they've also seized things like his laptop and his phone. So they're going through that to try and assess um, is you know, there any information available on the laptop or the, or the phone that may explain more about his background, why he you know, did what he did. Um, but as you know, at the moment, I mean, it's still the same really as, as the picture last night. Cardi are still trying to ascertain why he would have acted in the way that he did um, and they don't really seem to know that uh, as of yet. Had they any prior knowledge of him for any other reason? He certainly hasn't been on the guard's radar for any, you know, serious, um, you know, criminal behaviour. Um, he's been living in Ireland for quite some time. He's here um, over 20 years. Um, he is originally from abroad. He has Irish citizenship. Um, doesn't seem to have a, a, a white, you know, a partner or um, children here. Um, so, you know, this seems to have been, it, it seems to be random, um, but because the guards don't exactly know why he did what, what he did, they can't really say that as of yet. Um, so they, you know, they, they haven't ruled out any uh, possibility for his actions, but they can't find any relationship uh, or any previous contact between him and any of the people that he attacked uh, yesterday afternoon on Parnell Square. 
Okay, let's move on from that. And again, let's just reiterate, reiterate our horror at what happened and our hope that the victims recover from their injuries. But let's talk about then what happened subsequently. And first of all, actually tell us about the number of arrests that have been made and whether charges are being brought. Yeah, so we have 34 arrests so far and they were all carried out last night um, and 32 people have uh, were appearing before the court to, uh, today. So uh, the last of those cases should be just about ending now. So we will get more information on you know who they are, where they're from, but they certainly they range in age from their early 20s to their 40s um, and they have been charged with a you know variety of crimes uh, such as theft, even uh, drug use um, and so on. Um, some of them were found carrying uh, weapons uh, when they were brought into Garda custody la- uh, last night. So uh, the guards are basically saying that apart from the 34 people who were uh, detained last night, there's a very uh, widespread inquiry ongoing now. They're trying to identify the people who did all the criminal damage la- uh, last night, you know, attacking the Lewis tram, setting Garda cars on fire and so on, breaking into shops and really that's just the job of trying to collect up CCTV from everywhere and just spend that painstaking time going through all of that, uh, trying to get images of the people that they can see on the CCTV uh, carried out uh, crimes and really I suppose spending a a very prolonged period of time trying to pick off those people um, with you know long term guard inquiries but there should be a lot of very good quality uh, CCTV available and sorry, Connor. In addition to CCTV, can they use the social media video footage, which was widely shared last night, and which I believe sometimes you can sort of follow uh, the comments by people who've put it up, and that might actually identify people. They absolutely can. I mean, they can use you know social media. They can use clips that were shared on WhatsApp. Um, all of those things. I mean, you know, once they. You know, once the guards have any form of evidence that can I, that can identify suspects and that can really show them taking part in you know crimes, that can be used as evidence in court. So, as I say, that will be a longer job. Obviously, the 34 people that were uh, picked up by the guards last night are accused of being caught in the act um, on the night in question, and now the police operation in that regard will move into um, you know trying to collect evidence and trying to catch people in in the weeks ahead. But I certainly think we'll see a lot more people uh, charged and being brought before the courts. Conor Lally, Crime and Security Editor of the Irish Times. Thank you. Paul Gallagher is an owner of a business which was targeted by the looters last night, the Asics shop on the corner of O'Connell Street and Middle Abbey Street. He's also a member of Retail Excellence. Paul, thank you for joining us. How much damage was done to your business last night, Paul? Uh, extensive. The shop, I'm still here. They're replacing all the windows and doors. Um, I mean, these, you know, toughened glass windows are very, very expensive, but the, the place itself has been ravaged. And I mean, literally ravaged. The, the, the shop floor was completely cleared out of all its stock. And downstairs, uh, the stockroom, there was a, a huge amount of stuff taken. So we're going to do a stock take in the morning and see what's left. But it's, it's, uh, it's a serious amount of stock on this thing. Had you any staff there at the time? No, thank God. Uh, the good news on this is that all our staff are safe and accounted for, and that was our priority. Um, my business partner, Sunil I, who uh, we own this business, we were in London at the Rolling Stone Awards yesterday evening, courtesy of Sketchers, which is our other business. And 
we were just sitting down to dinner and when these all these images started running through so you can imagine we didn't have exactly a great time to Rolling Stone Award. So this place was ravaged and what they did is oh, I mean some of the stuff they did downstairs is fairly low life stuff now. I mean this is uh, thugs and opportunists at, 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 at you know, at, at its worst. Really, really you'd be sickened. Like we have a very diverse staff, a very large range of ethnic uh, nationalities, and we're very grateful and glad of our staff, and we t- uh, take great pride in having a good team here. But like a lot of our staff, in even in Sketchers and Blanchardstown today, five or six of the staff didn't come into work today because they're afraid. And that's not right, Matt. That is just simply not right. You know, and I mean, we have quite a few businesses here and uh, across the country, and I think our staff deserve to be able to go to work and not to be afraid going to work, not to be afraid in work, and not to be afraid going home from work. I mean, there's a freedom of movement here. But the the biggest problem we see, and I was on national radio about this time last year, expressing concern about downtown Dublin becoming, or possibly becoming a no-go area. And I know it's this, this has been tinder boiling for a long time, and uh, the, the consequences of it are, you know, yesterday was very tragic, but it's... it's it's been underlying, and this whole thing is, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the, the social, <clears throat> the justice system, in our, it, it is certainly not fit for purpose for the modern day Dublin or Ireland. Well, look, and, one other uh, thing, Paul, I, I presume today was going to be one of your biggest days of the year as well, with our Black Friday sales, was yeah, it? Yeah, Black Friday would have been huge in this store. This store is a very, an extremely busy store, and we won't be open tomorrow, and we won't be open Sunday. We won't be open for <clears throat> maybe, maybe we might get open at the end of next week. Um, but the other thing is, is like when we opened the store, we were told you know, it's a heritage building and we couldn't put uh, shutters out the front of it uh, by the planners. And so we opened without shutters. And if we had shutters here last night, uh, this store would be open and trading today and our staff would feel an awful lot safer. Okay. So I think the planning needs to be relooked at. But the biggest issue here, I, I think, Matt, is the the... The sentences, like we have people coming in here, we're robbed in this store practically every week, right? And there's people going, you know, you, you try and get them prosecuted and they have 27 previous convictions and they walk out the door again. Like, that's not fit for purpose. The justice minister and the justice system needs to give sentences that are harsh enough to control this and the guardian need to up the presence and I think in conjunction with the justice system, something has to be done. This like what we're living in now is a lawless society in certain certain times of the day in certain parts of the city, and uh, and I don't think that represents a true representation of Ireland 2023. Thank you very much, Paul Gallagher, member of the Retail Excellence Board and one of the business owners affected last night. Aoife Barry, we know well in this program, journalist and author of Social Capital. You were following what happened last night. Uh, very much on social media and we were also around the Parnell Square area yesterday as well. Aoife, should the Gardaí have known what was going to happen? Well, yesterday I was at the scene after that horrific attack um, on on Parnell Parnell Square East and as I was walking away from it, I passed a couple of people talking on the street, two men, and one of them said to the other, that's what happens when you have open borders. And I thought, oh God, And I went onto Twitter and I looked at what people were saying and I immediately, this is within an hour of the attack happening, saw things about the nationality of the alleged perpetrator and saw tweets talking about scorched earth, talking about leftists getting it, talking about this is a a watershed moment, it's all going to happen if we think this is what what we believe it is, as in if the alleged perpetrator isn't Irish. 
And I immediately knew as like an average person looking at Twitter with these really accessible, easy to read tweets. I just had to put the word Parnell into the search bar on Twitter to find them. I immediately felt really worried. Um, I put it onto my own, my own kind of green stories on Instagram. I didn't put it out publicly, but to my own friends kind of saying, there's people saying these things on, on the internet right now on social media. This is really worrying, you know, solidarity, solidarity with people in, in a really multicultural area in Dublin one. Um, and if you looked online, if any Garda, if anybody with any power in terms of policing or uh, etc. in the city looked at Twitter, looked at social media, looked at Telegram, I saw screen grabs and videos of what was going on in Telegram too, they would have seen that immediately once that incident occurred, once that horrific incident occurred, there were questions about the identity of the perpetrator and from there, the usual far-right rhetoric of you know, accusations about um, immigration in Ireland and the issues that allegedly that causes, according to these people. And there were calls for, you know, the government has blood on its hands, etc., blaming the government for um, this alleged incident. So I really can't see how anybody couldn't have seen that happen because it was right there in people's faces. Now, did people know that was going to turn into what yesterday turned into? I think that was not predictable, but it wasn't surprising in a sense that that happened. But it did emer- it did evolve into something else but it still had those roots of that initial agitation online and then we, we did see throughout the night people were live streaming what was happening you could hear the people shouting in the videos about killing rd you know get them out waving irish flags that has now become a symbol in many ways of the far right as well as a symbol of kind of normal patriotism um so it was a really scary watershed moment i think of showing how radicalization on the far right is moving very swiftly in Ireland, but also how the kind of rhetoric of the far right has become quite normalised among some people and how that will kind of gather people together and then that will spread into an incident where I'm sure a lot of the people who were there by the end of the night writing had no clue that they were doing something that was um, being promoted by uh, far right agitators, but they were very happy to join the fray. Well, one other thing, Aoife, what's happening today on social media, are there calls by some bad actors to try and get people out doing further damage tonight and in future nights? What's been really interesting is I've been having a look through the usual suspects, as you might say, some of the people who yesterday, you know, were saying very specific things and they're not, the people that I've seen haven't been saying anything specific in terms of asking people to turn up somewhere. Um, there were one or two people who did that yesterday and have deleted their tweets, but people have been resharing screen grabs of those. So there doesn't seem to be very visibly, unlike yesterday, people saying they're going to do specific things. The Gardaí say that they don't believe there's going to be the same sort of action as there was yesterday. But I mean, the the so- social media doesn't just take place where we can see it. You know, there are private telegram groups, there are private, um, you know, groups on Facebook, there's there's very private um, yet huge spaces where people can communicate and agitate together. Um, and that is the scary thing, I suppose, that we don't really know, but there doesn't appear to be out in the open on Twitter, which was the place yesterday where people were very freely saying whatever they wanted to. Um, that doesn't seem to be happening today, but based on that, I still can't say whether or not anything else could happen. I really hope there isn't, and I'm sure the Guardian are working on pretty strong intelligence in terms of believing that it's not going to um, happen again. Aoife Barry, author of Social Capital. Thank you. Neil MacDonald, Chief Executive of the Irish Small and Medium Enterprises Association. You issued a statement today saying, retail staff are not afraid of immigrants. They're afraid of unrestrained thuggery, violence and theft that occurs daily in their stores. Explain that to me, please. Yeah, good, good evening, Matt. Um, I, I, I think the point we were trying to get across there and not just on behalf of ISMI, but our... our 
we've several constituent uh, trade associations re- representing different parts of of the retail supply chain this isn't obviously what we saw yesterday was a, a, a large outbreak of violence but our retail staff on a daily ongoing basis see low levels of this sort of thuggery uh, committed by people who have no fear of the Gardaí uh, when the Gardaí take them before the courts and if they're convicted they go to jail for a day or not at all and they're back out uh, offending again we see serial offenders um, uh, committing offences in our stores and we have staff um, in many cases who are afraid uh, to, to go to work and I see some premises that are closed today uh, uh, around us in Kildare Street because staff were afraid to come in today so we, we really need to uh, we really need to ensure that these people that we saw uh, acting violently last night they need to have respect for the law and they need to have respect for the courts and as things stand they don't because you also mentioned problems with juveniles and this has been known and we have covered on this programme in the Dublin inner city area around O'Connell Street, Henry Street, uh, incidents of violence, tourists been attacked, foreigners often been the victim of attacks and yet it seems that they continue with a degree of impunity, do they? They absolutely do. Um and, uh, I, I mean, we referenced um, a meeting of the retail forum that took place back in September where the, the Gardaí, the community, community policing element from Dublin city centre were there. Um, and the Gardaí have acknowledged that a lot of stores operate what's called a no-challenge policy, even if you see people walking out the door with alcohol or electronic goods or a TV, you just let them do it. Because the alternative is... Um, a, you're going to, if, you know, if it's a juvenile, you could be uh, charged with assault if you go near them. Um, or otherwise, if, if it's an adult, uh, very typically we see a lot of stores getting sued after the fact for defamation or for uh, wrongful imprisonment or for uh, discrimination under the Equality Act. So the, there really is a perception that the law is never on the side of the retailer or the or the shop staff it's it's always on the side of the miscreant yeah the reason this is relevant is that the people if, if people can get away with doing this type of thing they will do worse things like the rioters did last night under the cover of apparently uh, believing in some political philosophy of some kind Richard Guiney Chief Executive of Dublin Town I know you have met with the Gardaí today in relation to this what can be done to reclaim Dublin Town, town from these people yeah, look, Matt, uh, I think we will reclaim the city. This The city belongs to the people of Dublin, and I think what we saw last night was not representative of anybody, uh, certainly the, the, the good Dublin folks. Um, there is a, a very uh, significant guard of presence in, in the city um, as we speak, and I think that, that is certainly a, a, an important first step. But does that need to be nearly permanent? Do we not need, not need to have many more Gardaí visible on the streets permanently? Yeah, look, uh, you know, certainly more Gardaí is, 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 in terms of uh, instilling confidence and uh, perceptions of safety, more Gardaí is definitely uh, a way to go. But I think we also need to address, um, I agree with Neil, like the the juvenile uh, issue 
is something that we have raised with uh, with government before. Um, there is a there basically there are kids going into shops and they're kids like they're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, uh, taking what they want and saying I'm taking this. Like no, not trying to hide the fact that they're they're stealing from a from a premises, and it often comes with horrendous racial abuse if the if the um, the, the shop assistant is a, is an uh, you know not a uh, is a non-national. So I think it's it's one of those things that you know that does need to be addressed um, and. And there, there are definitely kids who have uh, who are not taking the opportunity of the juvenile liaison um, seriously. And uh, you know, in those instances, I think there has there has to be repercussions for their behaviour. But I think you know. Although, sorry, Richard. In fairness, we heard from Conor Lally earlier. The most of those who've been arrested are between the age of twenty and forty. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just in terms of the, the younger folks. But look, in in, in terms of. Uh, like last night was not the the you know it was not the usual uh, issue that we face in the city. It was definitely uh, there was a there was a, a a very nasty edge to the whole thing, and I have to say it was probably one of the most horrendous things I, I've I've experienced in my in my life. But uh, I think we do need a an overall uh, kind of plan for the for Dublin city centre. You know, we need to regenerate the city. We need to look at some of the issues that are are uh, instilling fear in people and um I think there are solutions um I would say there's a lot from speaking to colleagues internationally a lot of the things that we're experiencing are being experienced in in, in other Indeed. cities as well. Okay, I, I have to leave it there unfortunately. Okay. Richard Garney, chief executive of Dublin Town, thank you. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4:30. Today.